I do want to say thank you all for such a wonderful dinner. It was delicious. I don't know how well I'm going to do today, but <laughs> it was good. If you will today, let us turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we're going to be looking at verses 10 and 11. And I'm going to be preaching upon living an abundant life. No, Jesus Christ did not give His life accidentally uh, to let us live our lives in a way that we want to. Uh, sometimes uh, He will allow us to do things that uh, will teach us many, many lessons. But uh, Jesus Christ came into this world uh, to give us an abundant life, and He has given us many reasons why we should live a life of abundance. And the greatest reason is, I think, because of Him giving us His life for us. Uh, He's the Good Shepherd. In verse 10, the Bible states, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. When I look at these few verses, I see that Christ has a great plan for our lives. The advantage that a Christian has is having a new life. When we are born again, we have a new life wherein there will never ever be any more condemnation in our lives from Almighty God. We have been forgiven forever. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. You see, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. You see, we as God's little children, we have the law fulfilled in us by Christ. That's why the Good Shepherd gave His life for us. Now we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace, aren't we? And under God's favor, we can love life. And that's very important to see that as God's children. So we have a new life. We live in a new covenant. We're not under the covenant of works, under the law. Uh, We're under God's grace. This new covenant is an everlasting covenant. We are new creatures, the Bible tells us. That's why we can love life. This is the abundant life of being a new creature in Christ. And it's a new beginning. These four things I want us to notice today. Because once you get saved, old things are passed away. You know, uh, you're dead to sin. And you've been made alive unto God. And we are to put on the new man every day, aren't we? It's our responsibility to put on Christ and to walk with Him every single day. So this is the abundant life. This is what I call living the good life. Let us pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the abundant life that Christ has given unto us. We thank You, Heavenly Father, for all the mercy and the grace that You supply us And Father, we pray for each of these on the prayer list. We pray for Brother Keith and his family here, Lord, that you have blessed them richly for many, many years. And Father, we pray for each one here. Lord, we are so thankful for the healing power that you have. 
for us. And Lord, we just pray that you help us to always depend upon you for everything in our lives. And Father, we pray for our missionaries that are abroad. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we pray for all those who have lost their loved ones there. And we just pray that you would cause these wars to cease at your appointed time. And Father, we know you're in control. And so, Father, you're sovereign over everything. And Lord, we depend upon you. And may it be your will and not our will. Help us to understand your precious word, dear Heavenly Father, this afternoon. For Christ's sake, not our will, but thine will be done. Be with your little lost sheep, Father. Save them at your appointed time. Amen. Amen. When I look at these verses here and I see that, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd. He's my good shepherd. And He's going to lead me all the days of my life. It wants me to rely upon Him. It causes me to rely upon Him. Because I see that in this new life that uh, we're all like the Apostle Paul was in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. You know, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. You see, so we can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are crucified with Christ. He's talking about our sins. They're gone. They're passed away. You know, He paid our sin debt in full. 100%. And we're free. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you're free and free indeed. And so this is the new life that we need to wake up to every morning. This is the abundant life that we have. You know, the Apostle Paul was instructed to write by the Holy Spirit, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies in Romans chapter 8. And so nobody can charge us with sin because God doesn't charge us with our sins. He charged Christ with our sins. So we can live this new life of freedom. Can we not? Are you walking in this freeness that the Lord Jesus Christ has given unto you? We need to walk in that every single day of our lives. I know the Bible tells us that we are accepted. It's a, it is a life of acceptance. We're never ever unaccepted. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that we are accepted in the Beloved. And so we can serve God every single moment of our life knowing that He's not going to reject us. He's got us in the palm of His hand. And we are His forevermore. I want you to turn, if you will, with me to Hebrews chapter 9. Let us turn over to Hebrews chapter 9 today. I want you to look here in verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. The Bible says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see, our conscience is purged from dead works. And now we can serve the living God because we are alive forevermore. Look in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Notice how the Bible declares unto us how that we are dead unto sin. Romans chapter 6, but alive unto Almighty God. Verse 10 and 11, the Bible tells us, 
For in that He died, speaking about Christ, He died unto sin once. He's talking about our sins. Once. But in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Verse 11, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we're crucified with Christ. We are alive unto God when we are born again. When we pass from death unto life. The very moment that you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you pass from death into life. You are alive unto God. You never cease to be unalive. And that's the good thing about the abundant life that we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I love knowing that I have passed from death unto life. And that I'm alive forevermore in Christ. That He is mine. And I am His. Isn't that wonderful to know as God's little children? Secondly, let us notice that in this new life, there is this new covenant that we are in. This covenant is an everlasting covenant. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews today. Hebrews chapter 8. Let us turn there. Look at this new covenant. Hebrews chapter 8. In verses 6 through 8. This is the abundant life that we have. It says, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. See, but keep in mind, there was no fault in the law. The fault was in us. Because we couldn't keep the law. Verse 8, For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This is the new covenant that we're living in today. And under this covenant, we see that Christ has paid it all for us. He kept the law for us. He paid our sin debt in full. We are cleansed by His precious blood. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, it tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Not just some, but when you got saved, you got cleansed from all unrighteousness, didn't you? You got made whole again. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We rest in His righteousness alone, don't we? We don't rest in our own righteousness, trying to keep the law in order to be blessed by God. It doesn't work that way in the New Covenant. You're blessed by God because it's a gift. Right. Not what you earn under the law. You do and you get. You earn it. But under God's grace, it's all given unto you. And Christ has made that provision. We couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't cause God to say, I'm, I'm pleased with you like He did with Christ because we're imperfect. We're lawbreakers. We're guilty. Because if you break the law in one point, James said you're guilty of all, didn't He? Right. 
So that puts us all in a terrible predicament to be in. I mean, we, we're sinners that need help. And so that's why the Bible tells us that Christ died for the ungodly. Do you qualify? We all do. If we can say we're ungodly, we're sinners. Christ will receive sinners, will He not? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, they that are holy, not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so living the abundant life is being in this new covenant of grace. And this covenant is everlasting. You look in Hebrews chapter 13, if you will, today. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. It states, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. This is a covenant that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit has made in eternity past. And this covenant cannot change. We can't mess it up, can we? Adam messed up. To begin with, plunged us all into sin, the first Adam. But the second Adam, he didn't make a mistake, did he? The second Adam kept the whole law perfectly. Romans tells us that through one man's disobedience, Romans chapter 5, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. See, Christ kept the whole law perfectly. And through His obedience, we're made righteous under this new covenant. And this is why we can never be plucked out of His hand. I heard one person say one time that, well, you can pluck yourself out. I'm like, are you mightier than Almighty God? (laughs) They didn't believe in eternal security, of course. But uh, we see that Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. He said, I and my Father are one. So we see this everlasting covenant. It's a new covenant. And God has been the one that made this covenant. God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we see that we are sealed until the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us whenever He saves us. And so we have an abundant life because of what God did. James chapter 1 and verse 18 tells us of His own will begat He us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. See, it is God which works in us both to will and to do according to His good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. And God has always got things going on in our lives. He's always moving in our lives. And He's always helping us because He he is in control of our lives. And under this new covenant that we are in, uh, it's unchangeable. God's not going to say, well, you messed up today. I'm going to change my mind about you. No, He just chastens us out of love and it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, doesn't it? His love for our lives is unchangeable. Many people think, well, there's no use. I blew it. 
I have blown it in such a way that, that God would not have use for me anymore. But I'm convinced the longer I study the Scriptures, the more I see that God is more than just a second chance God. Right. It's over and over and over because if He wasn't, I wouldn't make it. Because right. I fall short every single day more than what I even realize. And I'm thankful that the blood of Christ cleanses me from all my sins. And that God's going to shake me off and help me, so to speak. When our little children fall, we pick them up and shake the dust off of them, don't we? I think that's what God does to us whenever we fall into sin and we fall short of His glory. You know, He, he chastens us out of love and compassion and He shows us how precious His Son's blood is to us. And that it cleanses us from all of our iniquities. So therefore we are to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. When I fall short, I'm still alive unto God. I'm as much alive unto God as, as if I had never fallen short. That's right. I never cease to be alive unto God because He's given us that new life. Which brings me thirdly to note that we are new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's in the present tense, isn't it? He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm thankful that old things are passed away, that we are crucified with Christ, and that we can reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, and that we are no longer under condemnation. The devil would love for all of God's children to feel guilt and to carry this guilt around. How much rejoicing do you do when you're carrying guilt around? You don't, do you? You see, Satan robs God of praise and honor by causing us to think that we have to carry this load. Jesus, He said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. You see, he, he takes the load off. So that we are new creatures forevermore. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful that I have a Savior that gives me a life of abundance. And that I can live a new life under a new covenant where I don't have to depend upon myself. I depend upon the Lord for everything. Under the law, my friend, it is very burdensome. Because you have to realize that you're guilty all the time. You're guilty. But under God's grace, Jesus was guilty for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us, For He, God, has made Him, Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. We are the righteousness of God, aren't we? In Him. That's the part of the new life that we have in this new covenant that the devil cannot take away from us. And we can boldly confess to the world that we are His. And He is ours. What a wonderful Savior we have. So, we are new creatures in Christ. We are to put on the new man. Let us look in Ephesians chapter 4 today. Look at what the Bible tells us to do as God's little children. 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. The Bible states, And that ye, Christians, speaking to the church at Ephesus, and us as well, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. How did God create you? In righteousness and true holiness, by imputing unto you the righteousness of Christ. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. You see, when we put on the, the new man, this is having this abundant life that far surpasses any other life in this world. Right. What can compare to such freedom as Christ gives us? You know, here in America, we are blessed with so much freedom. And you see how freedom will cause uh, people to be happy and joyful. It's the same way with Christ. Whenever He saves us, He sets us free from condemnation. We're happy. We're joyful. We've got something to sing about. We've got a song that the devil cannot take away. And so we need to put on Christ every single day of our life. Look, if you will, in Colossians chapter 3. Let's turn on over to Colossians chapter 3 today. Look in verse 3. It says, For ye are dead. Now, you know, if you just generally read over this, you would think, well, I'm not dead. I'm, I'm very much alive. <laughs> so what's he talking about? He's talking about your sins. Being crucified with Christ. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. I'm so thankful that Satan can never take that life away from me. In this new covenant, when we become new creatures, our lives are hid with Christ in God. We are in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, though, if you want to back up in verse 10, it states, And ye, these are Christians, are complete in Him. Being in Christ is why we are complete. Not depending upon ourselves at all. It's depending upon Christ. And when you're put in Christ, and you put on Christ, you realize what God has done for you, you can be a joyful Christian. You can be happy all the day long as you walk with Christ. That gives you a song to sing, isn't it? Gives you a song to sing because you can put on Christ. See yourself as God sees you. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 tells us according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. This is how God sees us. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He sees, you, he sees you without blame because Christ took the blame for you. There's a reason why salvation didn't cost us anything, but it cost Christ everything. It cost God His only begotten Son. But we see that whenever we 
put on Christ. That's what causes us not to want to live in sin. That's what causes us to grieve over sin when we do fall short of His glory. But to be in Christ is to be in safety. It's to be in the everlasting covenant. So see yourself as God sees you. He has predestinated you unto the adoption of children. And it's to the praise of the glory of His grace. He's the one that did it. And we can be so thankful for what He's doing today in our lives because He's still calling out a people for His name, isn't He? He's still saving people. Well, the rapture would have already taken place, wouldn't it? He's still saving people. And who are we to say that that person won't never get saved? (laughs) Because he dies, he's died for the ungodly. Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners. Never give up on anyone. Never give up on that family member that you think it's it's too late. See, that's just the devil's lies. He loves to lie to sinners and loves to tell them, oh, God would never have you. But in fact, it's your sins that qualify you to have a Savior. If you were not a sinner, you wouldn't need a Savior. So when you come to Christ, you come as a sinner. And you'll find very quickly that He's never turned down a sinner that needs to be saved. You can't find that in the Scriptures, can you, Brother Keith? A sinner that wanted to be saved, that come to Christ... Well, there was that young rich ruler one time that was self-righteous, said, all these commandments have I kept. He said, what must I do to be saved? But you see, Christ pointed him to the law to show him that he was first, he was going to find himself guilty. Right. <laughs> he was his own Savior to begin with, was he? He thought he was keeping all the laws. He was keeping all these commandments. He said, all these have I kept from my youth up. He didn't look at the one that if you break one, you're guilty of all. So we need to trust in Christ. We need to put on Christ. Every single day when we need to know what He's accomplished for us. And to see ourselves as God sees us. Many times we look at ourselves as the way we used to see ourselves. Because the old sinful nature doesn't go anywhere, does it? It stays right there with us. Dragging us down. Paul stated, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Then he goes into praise. I thank God through Christ Jesus. He's the one that delivers us. He's the one that set us free from God's wrath. So we are new creatures in Christ. See yourself as God sees you. And when you're saved, look at the new beginning that you have. The new beginning. Turn, if you will, to Lamentations today. Look over there. And you can see very clearly that His mercies. Are new every single morning. That's why I say this abundant life has a lot of things in it. We have a new life, a new covenant... We are new creatures and we have a new beginning. In Lamentations, look in in chapter 3 of verse 21. 
The Bible says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. When you wake up of a morning as a Christian, you have a new beginning. You can go to the Lord in prayer. Christ has made a way for you straight into the throne of God's grace and mercy. You can come boldly there and you can obtain mercy in a time of need. And you can ask Him for His favor. And as a father, He will give it to you because He loves you with this everlasting love. You're His forevermore. Why would He not? We have not because we ask not many times, don't we? We let the devil cause us to believe, oh, I don't deserve this or I don't deserve that. Apostle John said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. I think about when the prodigal son came home, and after he was saved, he came to himself, uh, what the Father did for him. Look at all the blessings he had waiting for him. He put a ring on his hands, shoes on his feet, killed the fatted calf, there was music and dancing. There was rejoicing. He told his brother that all these things you have. And now, you know, since the, his younger brother came out of the land of sin, you know, he brought him home and he killed the fatted calf. And they started rejoicing. He had a new beginning, didn't he? Just like you and I, when we get saved, it's a new beginning. We're not ever going to turn back. You know why we don't turn back? It's because the Holy Spirit that's within us, isn't it? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 tells us, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We don't turn back because He does not stop performing. He's our, he's our Helper. He's the one that inspires us to pray. He's the one that reminds us to come to that throne. Because He started a good work in us. He didn't start a bad work, did He? It was a good work. A work wherein we have a Savior. One that, that speaks peace to our heart. That speaks peace to our mind. That gives us peace. Isaiah said, He will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, who trusteth in thee. Are you trusting and walking with the Lord? Are you relying upon, relying upon Him for everything? Are you enjoying this new beginning that you have? Every morning is new. You don't have to look at the failures from yesterday. You look at how God's going to help you today. Acknowledge the Lord in everything you do throughout the day. And ask Him for His help. And you'll find that your relationship will grow stronger and stronger and stronger. I believe that with all my heart. When we stop acknowledging God, and we stop acknowledging that we need His help, that's when we get in trouble, isn't it? When we start running in our own strength, well, I can handle this problem. 
How many times has that problem gotten bigger when you try to handle it? Just rely upon the Lord. He will fight your battles. He's had a lot more experience dealing with Satan than we have. Satan's too mean for us. I know the Bible tells us that resist the devil and he will flee from you, but you can't resist the devil apart from Christ, can you? You can't do that. You need His help. And so therefore, every day is a new beginning because you are a child of Almighty God and you're His forevermore. The devil cannot ever take that away from you. So, when we put on the new man, there's a lot of responsibility. We have to learn about Jesus, don't we? We have to learn to see what kind of power He can give us. How many promises that He's made unto us. I think about how that we are to renew our minds. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and verse 2 tells us, He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, whereby is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't think too highly of yourself, but think about yourself as God sees you. And renew your mind in the Scriptures because there's a lot of things that I thought was okay before I got saved, but I found out that they were wrong. And the more I know about Jesus, the more I know about myself is not good. And that I need His help. And we have to learn about Jesus. Renew your mind in, in, in this book. Because this book is all about Jesus. It's all about God and how they defeat the, the devil. We win the victory. We have a song we sing, don't we? Oh, victory in Christ. But only God gives us that victory. We haven't earned it ourselves. But it is our responsibility to learn what Christ has done for us. When we learn about having a, a new life in Christ, being in this new covenant, the covenant of grace, boy, that gives us hope. That's an anchor to the soul, isn't it? When we know that we are new creatures, we can't earn our salvation. It's a gift from God. When we know that, we learn that, and we see in the Scriptures that it's true, it's 100% true, you may not feel like a new creature, but you can't go according to your feelings, can you? All the time. Sometimes they lead you astray. And you may think, well, I just don't feel saved today. But you believed in, you believed in Christ. You were convicted of your sins. You had your life turned around. Yes, you were saved. So you can't pay any attention to that feeling sometimes. You may wake up in, in a bad mood. Am I the only one that ever does that? <laughs> and you realize, Lord, help me today. And He changes those circumstances for you. And you realize, you know, I'm as saved as I ever was. I'm not lost because I feel bad. I feel like I am. I know the Bible teaches us to make your calling and election sure. 
For if you do these things, you shall never fail. And I know that the Bible teaches that he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was cursed from his old sins. You can forget that you were ever born again. But God is a reminder because He started that good work in you. He will touch you and bring you back to the realization that you are one of His little children. And that will never ever change. I love what Romans chapter 8 tells us how that all things work together for our good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow. He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. It states, moreover, whom He did predestinate, then He also called. And whom He called, then He also justified. And whom He justified, then He also glorified. He said, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You see, we are His forevermore. We have to learn this wonderful truth in the Scriptures that you cannot separate the promise of getting a glorified body from the holy calling of God and being justified and having the precious Holy Spirit given unto you forever. You cannot separate these truths. For whom He did foreknow. When you look at the eternal mind of God and you see that you are upon His mind in eternity, and you're going to be upon His mind throughout eternity, forever and ever and ever, those feelings that you have that that you are lost, take those feelings to the Word of God and show those feelings that you are saved by God's grace, by His mercy. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It's not of works that any man should boast. We are His. So, living an abundant life is knowing that you have a new life in Christ. You can make your calling and election sure. You can know that you're in this new covenant. Because God is working on you. He's with you. You know, when we're lost, we don't worry about things like that, do we? Jesus said, He that doeth evil hates the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved in John chapter 3. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. There's a difference between the lost and the saved. We have a love for God. Our love can grow cold. But at the same time, that love is there. Because God is the one that put it there. He's the one that Give us His Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And so, therefore, we have a new life. We're in a new covenant. We are new creatures. And there is a new beginning. I hope you can say, I'm living the abundant life. Every day of your life. The Apostle Peter said, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. God Almighty wants you to see how much He loves you. He wants you to see that He is unchangeable and that you are His forever. And that you can live a life of happiness even in wicked, wicked times. Let us all stand as Brother Keith comes today.
If the Lord's speaking to your heart, would you surrender all to Him? Amen. Thank you.